Hey, welcome to the Florida Massive Podcast. It's 2023. I'm super excited for this episode. My name is John Barrett, your host, and we're back with a banger. Hey, we're back with better quality. We're back with uh, some similar faces that we had on the last you know season of the podcast. But I'm super excited, super elated. Before I tell you who we have, we have admin tasks that we have to take care of. Please follow us on all platforms at For The Masses Podcast and on YouTube at JB The Masses. Hey, I'm back with a repeat guest. He goes by the PMP Whisperer because he trained and helped so many people get their certification as a PMP certified. Um, Mr. Stacey King, how are you doing? As always, I am good. Hey, I'm excited to have you back on the pod. Yeah, it is. You know, it's been a minute since we we last chopped it up, but uh, that was a good good interview. You know, we had unscripted, which was raw, and uh, I really uh, I like this particular type of uh, interaction because I know from it we're gonna get some real quality off the cuff, just as how it is uh, in the trenches, and uh, you know, I'm all about high quality and, and, and uh, superior performance. That's really my calling card. For sure, for sure. And um, that was evident as soon as I met you, you know, um, just your professionalism while you were teaching the class, you know, and, um, you know, just like being real with us in the sense of like what we needed to know to pass our certification. Um, and I think we were like uh, nine for nine in that, in that class. So, um, you know, kudos to you for sure. It was an excellent group. Um it's good to come up there and to that neck of the woods. I haven't been there since I was like in my twenties, but um, it was a very eclectic group, uh, a lot of personality, uh, which I enjoyed. Uh, it was a really great training experience because of the mix of personalities. No, for sure. For sure. I'm not going to lie. Um, after we took the course in May of 2021, I didn't, I didn't get cert or maybe 20. Yeah. May of 2021. I didn't get certified until like September. But I wasn't even studying the whole time. I just, you know, just, you know, it, it got caught in the wind. And then, you know, two of my classmates took their test and they passed. And I was like, oh, yeah, I got I got to get on it. So, you know, we got it done. Though. So definitely a blessing. And um, you were there to answer the little questions before the test. So I, I appreciate you a ton. Um, you know, I, I know our last conversation, we, we talked a lot about, you know, being young, black and gifted growing up in, um, in the environment that you grew up in. And, you know, what What did that really mean at the time? And, you know, why you, you know, and we talked about how that led you to, a, you know, a career in the military and coming out and then, you know, uh, seeing what's out here in the world and, you know, eventually project management. So we learned a lot about you. And then I learned a little bit towards the end and we didn't have time to get into it then. But, you know, you, you, you have another passion for the arts. I do. And I've been very busy since we last talked so i wrote two more books in that series of little boys blues uh, which we're about to publish um dress blues which is the third and a b-boys blues which was the second book in the series so i kind of said that out of order but they're they're covering the life of a of a young man who had to grow up really quick in some unusual circumstances uh and really fast, you know, yeah. really fast in some unusual circumstances. And I think it's going to be a good book for a lot of children who find themselves having to grow up fast and 
a situation that they didn't create for themselves. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, I didn't know you had books out. So um, when when you did you have a like a publisher yet, or are you doing self publishing, or how's it how's it going to work? So I self published. Uh, you can find me on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles under A Little Boy's Blues, which is currently published. Uh, you have to search through my complete name, Stacy Lamarking, to find me. Uh, and we'll also self self publish the next two books as well. And uh, so I've written two books, and I got two more that I'm working on. So I, I kind of write in spurts when it hits me. I write. Yeah, for sure. You lock in. Um, I definitely want to talk more about that offline with you because I got a buddy. He just finished a book. I'm actually doing the, the foreword for it. So definitely want to pick your brain about, you know, uh, self-publishing, you know, editors and things like that. Okay. Yeah, for sure. No, but, but that's incredible, you know, and, um, I like, I didn't see it coming, you know, I, I know you, you excel at, at the PMP whisperer, but you know, it seems like all your passions, you go all in, um, regardless of it's in spurts or not, you know, you're published. So that's amazing. So, you know, I, I, I'm super excited to hear that and, and actually to get the book for myself and, um, and to read the, the other books as well, you know, yeah, it's, it's going to be a good read. You'll love it. No, for sure. And you're super active on LinkedIn. And this is what I remember you telling me. LinkedIn is where the professionals live. That is true. I mean, you can play out, play your life out on social media on the other platforms, but the real—we'll call them the real G's <laughs> of high performance—live on LinkedIn. You know, so that's that's where you want to want to be. And I, and I'm just like, like I've had an amazing life, right? So I never knew that I could become someone in this industry uh, that I really never thought I would be in when I retired from the military, but to enter an industry and become like a global, yeah. I would say icon, but everyone who needs to know me, they know me Yeah, uh, because of my passion for, for this craft of project management. For sure. For sure. And like that, again, um, it was, your professionalism was evident. Like when I, when I met you, you know, and um, I, I can definitely see why. And like I said, nine for nine. And um, yeah, and you know, we, we, we probably, we all appreciate you, you know, even though I don't know how many of my classmates reach out to you, but um, a lot of them did go on to like, you know, chase other certifications, um, go deeper into project management. Uh, Adrian, she's a IT, she's an IT project manager now. I'm following all of you. So I'm, I follow everybody's on LinkedIn. So it's, I've, I've seen that class just grow. Yeah, for sure. And I, like, like sometimes you have to get a fire that lights you know, spark, and then you want to see what that spark takes the individual. For sure, and I think a lot of it too is like again, um, a lot of us in the military, we we didn't realize what was really out there and how marketable we were. Um, not from just getting a certification, but just like the skill sets we learned in the military. That is true, you know, and so we learned to, and we learn at a young age. So yeah. the things that we sometimes take for granted. Uh, the ability to stand in front of people and talk, you yeah. know, with confidence, the ability to have a plan, but have the ability to alter the plan uh, yeah. on the fly, all these things and creating. But the biggest skill we have is we create high performing teams. So we are, we're, we're, we create or we develop people. That's our really our superpower. For sure. For sure. And um, I don't know if you knew this. I had my whole team my whole team in that class. And I just was like, we were working, you know, um, probably not the most productive thing to do, but uh, 
I, th- I think it was like you know super valuable for the whole shop to be in there. So you know, um, it was it was a good time. It was a good. It time. was one of my favorite classes ever. Hey, yeah, got to throw it out there for sure. And um, and that's awesome. And then, like I said, like you're heavy on LinkedIn. Um, see you on there encouraging people a lot, and and you yourself are pushing for more and getting more certifications and things like that. I saw that last year. So, like, what what keeps your fire going? Young people. Yeah. You know, I see the because it's interesting that we have currently four different generations in the workplace. Yeah. And each generation typically has a negative or somewhat negative feeling about the other three generations. but I've learned to appreciate all four generations, you know, for they each bring something different, but the young people, they inspire you or inspire me. And they, they convict me when I'm not operating at a high level. Yeah. Or I'm not performing. Like I know I can perform. I I get convicted in my spirit when I see young people who are actually Mm -hmm. operating at a high level. So they, they keep me going. That's, that keeps me going. And that's incredible that you can like appreciate them, appreciate them like that. Because me, I'm I'm 29. I'm approaching that age where there are like people graduated in 2019 and they're in the same work environment. I'm like, yo, what? And you know, when I see ones like, it's impressive how you can understand how this organization works. It took me 10 years to to you know get that type of understanding about the organization and how we operate. But you've been here for two years and now you're able to do that. So I I try to give kudos. And, you know, and, and, you know, encourage them that aspect. I think um, it's a generation that if work ethic is combined with, you know, like timeliness, their uh, adaptability, their um, their fluidity with technology just like makes things come together and they're able to like figure it out. Yeah, they are. Um, so it's, it's, like I said, it's a it's just interesting to see it come into the workplace um, that that ability to process and that ability to research. Yeah. Uh, so they have those two really core skills. And if they meet the right person who's willing to invest in them, like there's nothing that really can hold them back because you only have to light the, the fire and they'll, they'll run with it. For sure. Definitely a research ability um, is a super, super huge aspect. And I think they're willing to do that. And, um, and also has like the technical skill set to be able to like you know, ask the right question well they know what if a mentor helps them to ask the right questions they can figure it out um absolutely and, and that's where i think we come into play and then for me i mean i'm in this place too where like you know hey we're we're doing a lot of remote work um and things like that so like the old generation hey can you set up this team's room you know and i'm like oh like y- you can do this too you know and not from a perspective of like Yo, I, I, I want you to do it because I'm not doing it for you. It's from a perspective of like, you know, this is so seamless for us to be able to figure out that I know that you can do this, you know. And um, and that's how I, how I encourage the people who've been in the workplace longer than me. Um, and that and that's how I try to do just add value um, in that aspect by not only like, you know, hey, showing that you can do this and it doesn't have to be a work stoppage, but um, like showing you how to do it as well. Yeah, and that's kind of how my generation really learned from hands-on, yeah. ex, you know, exposure to technology or what we might call, this generation might call it antiquated. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But we still call it technology even back then. Um, but we are, we're hands-on and um, we need we need to work through things and get over the, maybe the belief that, you know, this technology is uh, past my ability yeah. to comprehend it. 
but uh but once we get our hands on it uh, we can we can we can still roll with the with the young ones i concur i concur yeah. and, um, i strongly believe that um and then the, the, the next generation my um my niece she's 16 and yeah. she's doing things with the iphone that i didn't even know that was you it was used to be that way you know um, like, you know, we got Adobe Pro, you know, they're taking screenshots and then you, they can sign with the screenshots or they can, um, you know, see the whole page all, all in just, just in the iPhone, you know? And it's like, wow, like I didn't know any, uh, she didn't do that, but you know, I know that she could probably figure that out. Um, right. With a quick Google search. So, um, it's definitely exciting, exciting times. Um, it gets me excited to talk about that and like how you transform our organization, but you know, you obviously been doing this way, way longer. You know, and today we're going to talk about a lot about how to impact an organization, whether you're you're doing a lateral transfer, whether you're joining an organization. Like, what does that look like for you and what does that actually mean? In terms of walking into the doors of a new a new yep. place? Yep. I think for me, it looks like I've always learned to walk in quietly, like make a quiet entrance and observe for at least 60 days before you even think of making an adjustment and get to know the people around you by listening more than talking. So for me, it's always that I walked in and observed and listened. And from there you can discover the culture because there's two different things. There's the company and then there's the culture and, Sometimes companies are held back because the culture holds them back. It's not because they have bad processes. For example, politics, you could have, someone asked me, what does is, what is politics look like to me? So to me, politics looks like the absolute behavior that does not benefit the company, mm. uh, but it makes an individual feel some type of way, maybe positive or maybe, I don't know, they, they're feeling some kind of weight, but the behavior itself is counterproductive for the company. For example, someone may not like my personality, but politics will be like me putting my request in that basket and a person taking my request and putting it to the bottom of the pile. Mm. That's politics. It's counterproductive to the process because the process is to perform the next step with the next piece of paper in the basket. And so when I find companies that have a bad culture, it's usually built on a bad political climate where people do things that are counterproductive and they're not following the process because they don't want to follow the process because they feel a certain way about a certain person. Yeah, for sure. So I see those things that really holding companies back, just, uh, just politics and then, yeah. Yeah, that's, um, that's crazy because, um, like, I, I've seen that. I've actually seen that. And you can look at the military, you know, and, you know, say there's an outer cycle promotion or something like that. And the person who works really hard, who knows their stuff, you know, they go into the board and they don't get the position. And you're just like wondering why. And then someone else who's like, you know, if there's a, if there was, if there was a thing called the good old boy system, you yeah. know, who would, who would benefit most from that in that situation, you know? And it's like no longer about merit, but it's about like, Hey, who, you know, right. So someone gets promoted like that that actually probably impacts the culture in a negative way more than like, you know, you, you, you're showing everyone that ma your merit, merit here matters. 
you know, hey, you're working hard, you're actually studying for your board. That all matters here, you know, but if you're going out of cycle and doing good old boy um, promotions and things like that, you know, people mm-hmm. notice, people notice and it, it becomes unmotivating. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, but what I've learned um, in my short time, you know, on this earth, we'll call it the yeah. earth, is that we're living in an age now where you simply cannot afford to operate outside of the conditions that are beneficial to long-term sustainability. Mm. So you can't afford to keep someone who can't perform. Yeah. And so those things like the good old boy networks or nepotism or those things that creep into companies, they those companies just cannot sustain themselves if they do not acquire, develop, and keep the best talent. That's talent rules everything. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and that's cool. And and companies also have to, you know, that's a great point because companies now have to get more creative with their uh, talent management, you know, and how they retain talent, you know, all the way up from like, you know, entry level to C-suite, you know, and um, that's super interesting to me because I'm like, I'm super interested in that stuff. Hey, like, you know, if if, if someone would consider me a high performer, what would it take to keep me? You know, um, and and then I I, I try to I try to treat everyone around me kind of from that perspective of like, hey, this person works with me. They're kind of bossy, but, you know, I wouldn't want anyone to lash out on me like the same way. So, I mean, just, you know, kill it with kindness, you know, and um, that's the type of environment I would want to be in. So, um, you know, that's the type of environment I I try, try to create, even if I'm not the boss or supervisor or team leader, you know, project leader, you know, um. I see what you're saying. Um, and, and it's sometimes it takes one person to go in and change an entire organization's culture. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's through, it's through perseverance, but it's really through trust in, in your abilities. Yeah. And the one thing I've noticed that people will follow is success. And so if you're successful in what you believe and you implement the things that you know to drive your success and you allow others to feel that same success, then you don't really have to do a lot of talking. You really have to just let your, your performance do the talking for you. For sure. For sure. And what are, what are like, so what are some of the characteristics of like your high performance qualities that you take everywhere you go? For me, it always starts with understanding the client okay you know really well uh, and, and 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 wanting to know them really well in terms of what makes this particular client tick um, and then understanding what the organization has that will allow me to best support that client and that to me leads to my, my long-term success. Um, and then there are other individual things like passion and, and other attributes. Like I'm very passionate about delivering. So if I say I'm going to do something, I will ensure that it gets done. So I want trust. I want people to trust me that the, I'm like a fire and a forget weapon that yeah. if they give me the assignment, there's no need for micromanagement. There's no need for uh, checking in or for 
updates because they know that if the assignment is given into this one person, part of my company, this will get completed and it will be completed at a very high level. So sure. I think at the foundation is passion. For sure. And, and that, that's beautiful because, um, you know, I think a, a lot of our goal is to be a trusted advisor or, you know, a consultant that like, hey, the client trusts to deliver whatever they say they're going to do in a timely manner and whether there's MVP or not or, you know, the, the best product possible, you know, and um, I, I think that's beautiful. Um, Something I, 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 you know, work hard at is to try to become competent as quickly as possible. You know, um, and, and, and for, for me, because I don't like to be put in a position where it's like, oh, he made a mistake because he's new or he made a mistake because he, you know, he's a young lieutenant. You know, I never, I never like that talk because it's like, ah, oh, man, like, you know, you, you, you got that desire, that passion to be a high performer. So, um, that, you know, that's something that worked well with that, that, you know, I try to just put the work in, in the up front, you know, to get competent as quickly as possible. Definitely. So it's it's done. Uh, a lot of performance, what we call high performance, is really done in I would call it silence, mm. and it's done I would say in darkness, but it's done away from the attention of other people. Yeah. And so it may appear to others that wow, this person doesn't really work that hard. Yeah. But I have a different, I would say a different pace. I'm, I'm like, I've learned that some people can work really great in the morning. Yeah. I'm not one of those people. So my mind really clicks at its highest level afternoon, at noon. So from noon to about 11 o'clock at night, that's my power zone. Yeah, for sure. And so getting in line with you. So you have to, you have to learn yourself first though. Okay. Now I know me, I, I, I need a slow ramp up in the morning. I need to feel that to, to be happy about being alive. And that's my morning. So I'm just happy that I was given another day to, to exist and to help people and to help develop myself. And then at noon, I know because I've had that experience of, of a, a slow ramp up, uh, just a greeting the other day. So maybe that, that morning might look like a walk uh, in a park. That morning might look like meditating that morning might look like reading a book or listening to a podcast or reading scripture. It could be any of those things, whatever grounds me and makes me feel happy to be still, still be here. Uh, and that leads to, you know, giving me that spark that allows me to perform from, we'll say 12 to possibly midnight. I have a 12 hour power zone where I'm really effective. That helped me. I didn't know that at first, you know, I didn't understand that part about me. So really, I think the beginning of high performance is to understand how you're wired and, and understand where your zone exists for when you're at your optimum. Wow. I mean, so like that's helpful for me, too, because um, I, I kind of try to, like, you know, force myself. To, and and I think when you try to force yourself to work at times where, you know, might not be optimal for you or what's, what was good in one season that's not serving you right now. Um, you kind of get hard on yourself. And especially if you desire to be a high performer, you, you're hard on yourself. And then that's counterproductive because you're beating yourself up at this point. So then we're going down. That was some OG wisdom, Mr. Stacy, for sure. 
you know, I just try to keep it 100, as they say. You know, I don't know for, if I'm keeping up with the people, but yeah. For sure. And um, no, I, I, I appreciate that, too. Like, that was really, like, insightful, honestly. And so when you talk about this 12-hour power, uh, that power, like, time, time in your life, like, do you feel like that's always been you? Or did you have different seasons that work? You were more of a, like, a 6 to 12 type of person. I think I was forced to operate at a high level in yeah. my in my military career because that's what the military is built on. Just you know, element of surprise, getting up early and doing things and getting things accomplished before the sun comes up. So that that was something that was infused in me. That's through we'll call it indoctrination. Yeah, for but sure. That wasn't my. That still was not my power zone. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I think I was able to operate at a high level outside of my power zone to answer your question yeah. because I had to. Now, for sure. And, and that makes sense. So if you, so if people are not in their power zone and they're trying to like you still still reach that that like high performance type of like, you know, characteristics, like what can they be doing to improve that? You know, because I, okay. I think um, for me, it's it's. What drives performance when I'm not in that zone is process. Okay. Uh, standard work. So doing the same, doing things repeatable that lead to success and trusting that. And so it almost becomes during those times where you're not in your, 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 your max potential, you're outside of that power zone. But because you're running standard work and using processes that you know that you can almost operate without really thinking you you can still perform at a high level because of the process mm. but i know myself personally i'm more of a creator so process is good for me to do tasks that i need to do to perform to earn money but creation is what i need to do to make me feel like my highest potential i need to yeah, create something sure. that has never existed before and so I think that's what allows me to kind of still stick around in organizations is that I can take just a, an idea from, we'll call it a senior leadership, and that's all I need is the idea. And I can turn an idea into something that's never existed. And that little thing will generate exceptional results. So that's what I've learned. Um, that's kind of, I have to stick to what makes me really max out, and that's creation. i got to create something that's never existed. Stacy, we went out for a minute. Can you can you say that again, that, that last part? Uh, what part do you want me to say? Uh, the whole thing? Yeah, about um, creation, like creating um, what helps you. Oh, yeah, so... I feel like we were discussing, I, I, I'm not sure what part went out, is that, like, when I'm not in my power zone, I have to rely on process to drive my performance, okay. you know. But my true, what makes me different from most people is that I'm a creator. And so if you need something that's never been done or created before, then those are the type of assignments that I thrive in, just taking an idea and turning it into something tangible. No, that's beautiful. 
And you, you said something that, um, you know, kind of like stuck with me. You said that you're okay. You do, you, you have processes and stuff help you to get tasks done. You got to make money, but you're a creator. Um, I feel like the, the new workforce that's coming in, is kind of that, you know, with the great, um, what do they call it? The great, uh, resignation, you know, that whole idea of the workforce, you know, either not wanting to be in the office or they wanting to be remote, you know, and things like that. How do you feel? Do you feel like we are kind of losing that balance of like, Hey, kind of doing what you got to do so that you can do what you want to do later? I just, I just think we're at a crossroads in general with what is, um, where do we want to go as a people? And what do we want to deem as successful? Um, because you want to live, you want quality of life. Yeah. So the, 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 this drive towards, let's say there's always this push that you, you can increase performance 10% year over year. Or this is a promise that many companies make to their stockholders that they're going to, give them a 10% return on their investment year over year over year. But that promise lays on the back of the workforce. And so when do we say that we maxed out the potential of the human being in the workforce? Yeah. At what point do we, do we say, okay, this is where, this is far as we can go with the human. And what do we ultimately want to achieve? So the ultimate goal is to make as much money as fast as possible and as long as possible, but it not be sustainable for the people or for the earth. Then we have to come to, we have to come to grips with that reality, which is, I think what we're coming to grips with that. You can't drive unlimited growth forever because there is a plateau that both the resources of the earth and the resources of the human being, Mm-hmm. Well, we'll we'll be tapped out. And so, what I see to answer your question, long story short, I know I'm I'm going around a mulberry bush. Is that the worker has to really identify what type of world they want to live in? Yeah. And I think the worker has the ability to make decisions for themselves because the workers can own the organization if they're really smart. So I think once the workforce realizes that it doesn't need senior leadership and that it ultimately, because it is the goose that lays the golden egg, should have the ability to come together and form their own companies. And I think that's, to me, is what would really lead to a better world. And it's really the only thing that's going to sustain, that's sustainable. Yeah, for sure. Is that the, the workforce has to own their own organization and be responsible stewards of the, of the, of the environment. No, 100%. Um, and it's crazy that you say that because I saw a clip from Dana White literally last night, the uh, owner of the UFC, well, he's the president of the UFC. And he was like, man, like I would like run all over these kids these days. You know, no one wants to come to work. No one wants to come to work anymore. You know, Man, but if you can and you get in the office, you can run around laps around these people, you know, for more or less. That's pretty much what he said. And um, I, I saw it as like, yo, like, yeah, like some people want to be remote. And they'll, 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 you know, they'll take a pay cut or whatever they got to be remote. 
Um, but some people still want to come and they still want to perform in person and, you know, make it happen. So how do you feel about how do you how do you feel about that clip? I think it's a fine line. I think uh this virtual or remote working to me it's like virtual reality. Yeah. I think that if you're staying it too long, you you lose the skills that make you a human. So I don't think it's long term sustainable for for the quality of of your mind. Yeah. Or for the long term sustainability of a company. I think ultimately that company has to have periods where they where they come together as human beings. Uh, because you can get lost out there in the virtual world and you become detached the longer you stay out there alone. For sure, for sure. You know, Mr. Stacy, I, I definitely appreciate you jumping on the podcast. There's a lot of people who hear whether they want to get a certification because we're going to try to submit this to PMI. Um, you know, but there's a lot of people here that whether they're trying to get a certification, whether they're trying to become a high performer in a workplace, or they're already a high performer and are going to a new organization and trying to create a company-wide impact immediately, 60, 90 days, you know, what what can they do to, like, you know, just take the next step forward to, um, to be there? I think uh, I've never seen anybody perform at a high level who didn't acquire skills. And so you either have to have skills and sustain them that that can keep you in the game. Yeah, for sure. But if you're not acquiring new skills, then uh, at some point you could be the best rake in the uh, in the in your uh, garage. But uh, at some point there may be no leaves, and there's no need for a rake. Mm. So you just can't pigeonhole yourself in having just this one skill. And I think this is what colleges have done to students is that they've gone to school and they pigeonhole themselves into learning one skill. So they're really like a one trick pony. I've got this job. I've got this skill. I can deploy this skill. But if this skill is no longer needed, I have nothing else to offer humanity. Mm. And I think that is what really prevents you from performing at a high level really quickly. You have to have multiple skills. Uh, and it's kind of like, uh, we call it a force multiplier. So my ability to to think operationally, my ability to think like a project manager, my ability to think through lean management, my ability to think agile, uh, you bring multiple things to the table so that you can solve multiple problems. Because long story short, if you're in management, you don't create anything that the customer ever buys. So a manager has never created a physical or a tangible product or intangible service. You, you don't create anything. So your only value to the organization is in your ability to get others to perform at a higher level mm. and bring new ideas that may get the organization to perform at a higher level and your ability to make decisions. So that's all you bring to the table as a manager is your your ability to, you know, once again, develop the company, develop others, and make solid decisions. If you can't do those things, and those decisions are only tied to two real pillars, your decisions either make the company money or your decisions either prevent the company from losing money. Mm-hmm. So if you can't tie into that, you're you're going to be constantly floating through this this life experience. 
from one company to the next because you haven't figured out what is it that makes me valuable to others. And it's that one, those two things. You can save the company money or you can make the company money by your decision-making, by your development of processes, and by your development of people. Mm-hmm. No, that's real. That's real. And this turned this turn into more of a coaching session for me. But what's your opinion <laughs> on on uh, appearance? Like, how does your appearance impact your your perception in a work environment? I think there's this perception that you should just, I don't know, be able to be what you want to be. <laughs> yeah. And in, in, in the modern workplace. But I, I'm a stickler for there's a certain amount of professionalism that has to come with that. So you may want to look like someone who's in a rock and roll band or someone who's in another type of band or someone who's an artist or someone who's a painter or, but you still got to fit into this realm right here and be something that represents the company. And that can be the face of the company. Uh, So I think individuals have to really come to grips with that. That uh, yeah, you, yeah, you, you can be all you want to be, but you still got to be able to fit within the mold of what is what's expected in this environment. So uh, my belief is that if you if you look good, you feel good. Yeah. If you feel good, you gotta perform good. So I think it all. I think I'm a stickler for uh, appearance. So neat. Um, I like neat things. I like it. It just. It's, it's, you're trusted. I yeah. trust you based on how I feel about the way you present yourself and your appearance. If you come in not looking uh, neat and professional, then I, my opinion is somewhat changed yeah. of you. So I, I think that's just how I was. I, I'm, I'm wired. Others may be wired differently. I concur. I, I feel like I'm treated drastically differently, different when I'm, you know, looking the part, looking like, hey, I'm here to, you know, perform. I'm here to, you know, consult. I'm, I'm here to, you know, be a high performer. Um, I feel like I get treated definitely different um, from because at the organization where I work at, we uh, it's more like dress like dress for your day sometimes, you know, so trying to trying to like balance that out appropriately you know right and um yeah and i just i just know it's difference personally you know so sweet i i appreciate that uh mr stacy so my ne- where can people find you you know and, and what's next for you any any other projects you're working on we you did mention your book um in the beginning mm-hmm. but anything else uh linkedin is where they'll find me still yep the professionals that's where i still hang out um i'll probably have more of a presence on there with my my books in 23, uh, I'm still working on a pilot episode for um, my show based on the series of books I've written. So I want to complete the pilot and get it into the hands of the team that's going to help me try to bring it to a small screen of some sort on some streaming platform. So that's one of my objectives in the first, we'll call it the first six months of 23, uh, get these two books published. I'm working on another series called A Little Girl from Two Worlds. So I'm really happy about investigating and doing it, you know, doing the work, the legwork to get that story written. Um, I think that's going to be 
one of the highlights of, of 23 to get that story out there. That's incredible. So, yeah, yeah, you know, I, you know, Mr. Stacy, I, I appreciate you a lot. You know, this is our second time, um, you know, jumping on the podcast, but I know like you always provide value. You know, and um, I, I'm praying the best for you. And like I said, I, I want copies. I want to I want to tap in with whatever you're doing for sure. Most definitely. You always notify me and uh, <laughs> we always keep up, you know, and that's that's what networking is about. Relationship building. Like I met you over a year ago yep. and we're still here. And then you think about all the people you met a year ago that you're not still talking to. Absolutely. And so you, you learn to find out like life will reveal the important people to you because you're still talking to them. <laughs> that's real. Yeah. That's real. And, um, you know, and I'll, I'll definitely stay tapped in with you. Um, everyone, Mr. Stacy Lamar King on uh, LinkedIn, um, always providing value, encouragement, you know, motivation. So uh, always appreciate you, Mr. Stacy. No doubt. Tell that team up there, you know what, they really gave me a big lift in 21 um, because, for all, the, for all the reasons, like, I really wanted to see them, yeah, like, really perform at a high level. And that was so good for me to see, yeah. you know. I really need to see that. And they gave me something that, a gift I cannot even, I can't even express what that gift did for me to see them perform at a high level. Man, that's in, that's incredible. And, and it, it really was a pivotal year for all of us, you know. And, uh, yeah. and I know you know what everyone's doing. So, yeah, Mr. Stacy, I appreciate you jumping on the podcast. Ain't no worries. You always know to find me. And uh, we're going to chop it up again. You know, a year from now, it seems like we get together once a week, 12 months or so. For sure. You put me out there on episode number 75 or 80. I'll come back and we'll (laughs) chop it up again. For sure. Thank you so much, Mr. Stacey. Hey, you're welcome. And have a blessed one. Bless. Yeah, bless.